In our 72nd year of serving Southeast Ohio, AM 970 and 97.1 FM. WATH What a beautiful morning it is. Uh, 64 degrees here on Columbus Road, headed up to 83. And the um, precipitation thing, it's changed from earlier in the week. Now they say uh, we might have some rain showers on Sunday. That's good news for me. I can get my lawn mowed well. Hey, it's... uh, our monthly visit with the mayor of Athens, Steve Patterson. Good morning, Steve. Good morning. So we, we got to take a step back. So you're yeah. going to mow on Sunday after the rain? That, no, no, no. That'll no. make for a good lawn mowing. I, I mean, I have two days to do it see, well, <laughs> without rain because when on Monday it said it was going to rain most of the, the, the second part of the week. Here we are in it, and it's yeah, not. Yeah. All right. All right. So. Two days of mowing. It takes that long to mow your yard. Two days. Well, Grace. What do you use? My neighbor Grace and I. Toenail race. clippers and go around and. <laughs> tweezers. 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 Yeah. I just have. Scissors. Oh, it's time to pick on Dave. Scissors. <laughs> scissors. There you go. Um, I remember as a kid using the hand edge clipper things and going along and. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I have those. Yeah. Do you? Yeah. Well, that's what you. That's why it takes you two days to mow your lawn, your yard. Well, I mean, it's on. Um, it's hanging on a magnet in my garage. I never use it. Oh. You know, we have those string things now. But uh, <laughs> yeah, those string things. Yep. The trimmers. I, I know what you're saying. Okay. Good morning, Dave. Good morning. <laughs> Good morning, Dave. Hey, um, so Scott just said something to me, which oh, was dear. really interesting. No, it was good. Okay. This is really good. So. You know, our our uh, beloved Joe Burrow um, mm-hmm. is on the cover of Sports Illustrated. Yeah, uh, I heard him mention this. Yeah. How cool is that? Um, uh, now, is Sports Illustrated a monthly or a weekly? Weekly. weekly. It's weekly. Okay. So uh, 52 covers a year. Anyway, that's really quite a thing, isn't it? It, it is. It is. Yeah. So, just a sidebar to all this, you know. So now we've got the sports out of the way. Let's Re- get refresh, into the real stuff. Refresh my memory. Um, when did you first? What year was your first year as mayor? Um, it was 2016. Okay. So you've had um, two terms. I'm in my second term. Yeah. Um, seven years in. Seven and a half years in. Yeah, and then city council started on council in 2012. As a matter of fact, why do I not remember this? Oh uh, yeah, city council at large for two terms. Yeah, I had similar. Um, yeah. Okay, so now, what was your previous career? <laughs> Which one? Uh, well, so my I previous, know. I started off as a as a paper boy way back when. Uh, <laughs> uh, not much of a career, and I wasn't good at it. Uh-huh. Uh, I wasn't good at the collection part of it. I did not like knocking on people's doors and saying, you owe the, yeah, the yeah. Portland Press yeah. <laughs> X. Um, no, I 
served in uh, active duty Air Force uh, in within the Air Force for eight and a half, almost nine years, and really? then I transitioned to the National Guard, Air National Guard. So I was an Air National Guardsman for fourteen, give or take, years. Um, Your principal duty, as such, was what? Well, you know, when I was on active duty Air Force, I started off, of all things, as a nuclear weapons technician. Uh-huh. I maintained the nuclear warheads for the Minuteman system, the yes. the intercontinental ballistic system. Um, did that for five years, and then I cross-trained. So I was basically, you know, volunteered to retrain into crypto. So I became a a, an electronic crypto equipment technician. I maintained the secure communication systems, um, both for aircraft as well as for the missileers down in the missile silos, uh, the command posts for the missile silos. So I did that, um, which I really enjoyed for about three and a half years. And then I... <clears throat> Uh, was accepted to work on my Ph.D. at a place called the Uniformed Services University of the Health Sciences in Bethesda, Maryland. Um, It's a um, DOD-sanctioned medical school, uh, which had, at the time, 11 graduate programs. So I was in grad school there. And so to go to USIS, I wanted to stay in the military, so I transitioned to the Air National Guard and was stationed with the 113th Fighter Wing out of Andrews Air Force Base. Now it's called Joint Base Andrews, but I was there for for quite a while. Um, and uh, there I was the officer in charge of field maintenance. Um, uh, but before doing that, I um, was a... Uh, an aircraft um, munitions loader. And I, you know, did that for a year, and then there was an opening for an officer's position within the unit, and I applied and was accepted to go to officer training school. So I went from being an enlisted member to becoming an officer, and and uh, was in field maintenance. I was in aerospace ground equipment maintenance. Well, how many years are we talking about in the service? Uh, grand total, um, twenty-three years. Yeah, loved why, it. Why did this escape my memory? <laughs> I don't know, Dave. I think we've talked about it on the show before, but I, I don't you know, I never remember. mind telling it again. Mm. You know, and then uh, while with the the uh, D.C. Air National Guard, um, I finished my Ph.D. and in 1993, and took a postdoctoral fellowship at the University of Pittsburgh. Um, UPMC hospital system as a cardiovascular behavioral medicine researcher. So I was there for two years, two and a half years, and then took a research assistant professorship at the University of Tennessee College of Medicine in Memphis. So I lived in Memphis for two years. And then um, we, or I, um, because I was single, um, I moved, or I applied for a position, uh, a faculty appointment at Ohio University. I also applied for uh, at uh, University of Cincinnati. I applied at University of Kentucky, had interviews at all three of them. Um, OU was my first interview, driving to OU, driving to Athens, 
from Pittsburgh, I'd never been here before, and I was just mm-hmm. absolutely blown away by mm-hmm. the place at on site. And I figured, you know, I've this place is very interesting, and I'd like to live here and teach here. And, and lo and behold, I was made an offer, and back in 1998, um, and began in the fall of 1998 as a brand spanking new, untenured assistant professor, and then in in, in the which college? Psychology. Uh, in arts and sciences. So okay. in the psychology department um, as a health psychologist, like I said. And had a, um, the psych department had a really strong and uh, very research active health psychology discipline within the psych department. Um, and uh, so was there, received um, my, or made tenure in 2000. 2003, 2004, and uh, was an associate professor up until March of 2016. Um, And uh, because I wanted to finish off my contract, my annual contract with Ohio University um, within the psych department, Um, but, uh, you know, you you can't have two full-time jobs, so I ended up having to, halfway through the spring semester, I resigned my position, resigned my tenure um, to be the full-time strong mayor for the city of Athens. How about that? Yeah. Well, listen, uh, somewhere along the way you met Connie, right? Somewhere along the way, yeah. And where, I, where was that in all of that? Uh, I I met Connie in uh, 1999, so a year after arriving here. Um, she... Uh, was went on and did her graduate work in counseling re- uh, rehabilitation counseling. Mm-hmm. Um, she is a licensed rehabilitation counselor, so she uh, got her her master's degree at IIT in Chicago. So I made many trips back and forth between Athens and Chicago, and then she was um, offered a. Uh, Offered, well, there's a PhD program at OU in counselor education in the Patton College of Education, and she applied and was accepted. And so she came here, um, came back to Athens in 2003 to work on her PhD. And and uh, we dated for many, many years. And in 2009, um, got married, uh, which was actually... <laughs> this is terrible. Uh, 2007, we got married. Not 2009. 2007, mm-hmm. we got married. Uh, our daughters were born in 2012. My twin daughters, Adelia and Alana. Um, and, and we just, we have a new addition to the family, too. We have a n- new family member, uh, and it is not human. I, I had a hunch <laughs> that it was going this direction. We So Connie, when she was really young, really young, they had a um, a, a dog. Um, but the dog um, wasn't in her family with her mom and dad and brothers, you know, for very long. And then she never had a dog. Um, we, as a married couple or even dating, we never had a dog. We had cats. Um, my daughters, um, up until four weeks ago, five weeks ago, they never had a dog. Um, we were dog sitting a, a seven, I think, week old Aussie doodle. Um, an Australian Shepherd 
standard poodle mix. And, um, you know, lo and behold, of course, my daughters fell in love with the dog. Oh, oh yeah. And my wife fell yeah. in love with the dog. Yeah. And so I, too, fell in love with the dog. So now we are proud owners of um, a dog. His name is Court Tito. What? Court Tito. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, they just dreamt it up. So, uh, yeah. yeah. And, and uh, so for short, they call it? Tito. Tito. Yeah. Okay. Tito the dog. Or my, Well, you'll my, have to bring it in this, uh, next trip. Do you have headphones that fit? Yeah, yeah. we'll bring them in. Yeah, well, I mean, uh, this studio is accustomed to dog barking <laughs> okay. Um, okay. With, right. with Sky and all. But... Um, Anyway, well, sure. that's cool. Yeah, yeah. So that's the that's the history of me, I guess. Yeah. One of these days, I'm going to turn the mic and, and interview you, Dave. So, hey, I, I have an errata um, that I want to you share. Have a what? A, a, a correction. An addendum. Um, Sports Illustrated is monthly. Okay. Um, okay. It used to be weekly up until 2020, but now it's monthly, and and it's the football preview um, edition of. Sports Illustrated. I'm looking at it right now. Scott is showing it to me, and look at that amazing quarterback. It's, so it's it's Joe. Joe's in his uh, obviously his Bengals uniform, and and uh, I encourage everyone to run out in Athens County and purchase this before they, they're going to fly off the shelves. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So let's see. If Sports Illustrated is monthly now, correct. Yeah. Playboy is what? I don't know. Okay. <laughs> um. People, People Magazine is weekly, right? Monthly. People Magazine? I think it is. Okay. Well, one of these days we'll do a show on this. But uh, in the meantime, the mayor is here. It's his yeah. monthly visit. And uh, thanks for sharing um, some of that history of your background. <laughs> You're welcome, Dave. You're the, welcome. Um, um, Let's see, there's plenty of things to talk about. There's one topic that I think has been kind of resolved, but I still want to bring it up. Um, in the uh, Far East neighborhood, there was a discussion of having a, a child care center. And uh, I think it was on land that was previously owned by, oh, maybe the Wayne National or something like that. And then they built that new building. And anyway. Um, and there, so that's been discussed and it's decided and that it shouldn't happen. Is that correct? Well, what, what I understand is, yeah, there was a case that came to the BZA and the what? A, a case. Um, a BZA. The Board of Zoning Appeals. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah. Okay. Um, and to take a step backwards, you're correct that. Um, two and four Dalton, um, those two cute little Cape Cod homes that are mm. sitting there, those were part of, they were the Wayne National Forest Ranger headquarters mm. back in the day. Um, and anyway, so um, there was a case that came before the Board of Zoning Appeals. It was tabled um, because there was information that was lacking. And okay. so... Um, uh, at this point, I don't know where things are at with, with. Oh, so it's not a. It's still under consideration, you might say. Well, yeah, my it, like I said, it was tabled, but I have heard nothing at this point in time, okay. Dave. Yeah. Well, um, you know where that used to be. They had buried um, 
utility tanks with fuel and things like that. And I just it would it would take um, significant work to make sure that all the grounds were safe. I know I I don't have an opinion pro or con, even though it's my neighborhood. I just um, I just was curious where that stood. Yeah. So you raised you, you mentioned something just a second ago, and I have heard that, and but then I've heard other things. You know, were there were there underground tanks? Um, I know that there was a place to where fueling could take place, but some people said, well, the tanks were above ground. Others have said basically what you did. So I don't know. I have no idea. Yeah. Well, maybe I'm mistaken too. But um, anyway, that, well, let's get back to business here. Okay, so um, you you serve on a variety of things, um, of a national level even, and this um, there's different organizations or conference groups or I don't know what you would call it trade associations for mayors, and um, what. What possessed you to get involved in this? <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I can go I mean, down. so you, you could just stay here in Athens and be the mayor and that oh, sort I of am, thing. Oh, I am, though. <laughs> well, yeah. you know what I mean. Yeah, I do. You, I don't, do. Ha- you don't have to do these things, well, but you have. And, and what does it mean to you? Well, it, it means getting out to the greater public at the state and federal level, you know, national level, some of the really interesting great things that we're doing here in Athens um, yeah I'm on you know the the um, I'm on the board of directors for the National League of Cities um, which is an organization that represents 19,000 communities cities boroughs villages across the United States now how large a, like when you convene monthly or whatever it is uh, how many attend there's there is three, sometimes four uh, conferences a year or meetings a okay. year. The big conference is going to be um, November 17th through the 19th, and uh, we call it the City Summit. And this year's City Summit will be in Kansas City, Missouri. So um, during that conference, there's about 5,000 attendees. Wow. Um, the Every March, they have what's called the Congressional City um, Conference. And the Congressional City Conference is always in Washington, D.C. And it's during that meeting to where uh, it's usually three days long. The third day, I go up onto Capitol Hill and we'll, you know, knock on doors, Mm -hmm. you know, meet with Senator Brown, meet with with, uh, uh, people like Congressman Tim Ryan, uh, but I'll meet with other um, legislators, uh, rep- congressmen, and, and senators from other states, um, and talk about you know issues that we're looking at. Like we were up talking about the the bipartisan infrastructure bill before it was signed into law, and trying to make sure that they would support an effort such as that to get a lot of much needed money into our cities, towns, and boroughs. Um, so, and we were highly successful, I would say, in um, getting that across the finish line. You you met us recently. The, the most recent was last month, right? It was. I was. Um, and um, yeah. 
as I understand it, a, a very important topic surfaced there. And it's something that is becoming increasingly concerning to me personally about our nation. And in a simple word, civility. Civility, yeah. That was pretty much um, the, I mean, we were in Atlanta. So that was the National League of Cities Boards and Leadership meeting. Um, So people, individuals who serve on the various boards um, or commissions within NLC, they were there, the chairs and the vice chairs and whatever else. Um, The executive committee, um, so the president, vice president, first vice president, second vice president, they were there. Um, the board members, and there's 50 board members for the National League of Cities. So I was there for my board responsibilities as well as I play a role as the co-vice chair for the National League of Cities Race, Equity, and Leadership Council. So I was there in that capacity as well. But, but no, yeah, to your point, civility was kind of the one of the things that was being talked about during a number of the sessions. Uh, and we were hearing from council members or mayors or city managers from across the nation who um, you know, are experiencing a higher level of, of um, unhealthy discourse. Right. And, you know, going to council members and, and having people, you know, get up in their faces and cussing at them you know and threatening threatening them uh you know we're seeing more and more um elected officials in the larger cities that have to have um armed details that escort them you know from sometimes from home to the office or from meeting to meeting you know we're seeing that with some of our our uh other electeds so it was something that we were being, you know, we were certainly talking about. And, you know, there's civil discourse is a good thing, you know. Um, but, you know, to have, con- uh, let's have constructive conversations. Well, wait a minute. I, I want to make sure I understand that expression. Civil discourse. I mean, you don't have to de- agree, but let's be civil about things we don't agree on um, as opposed to, you know, being verbally hostile or in some cases, you know, even physically hostile. Yeah. You know, I've heard of city council members where chairs were flying and it was like, that's, that's not right. You know, and you know, when you go into a council chamber, there's decorum in that council chamber. Um, and you need to maintain decorum. There's, you know, Robert's rules. And, you know, while some people, I think feel that that's antiquated. It's not. It's a process by which people get, you know, their time to speak. Um, I'm sorry. I just thought of something. (laughs) Go for it. When I was president of city council. Oh, did you throw a chair? No. Oh, good. But, um, you know, at least back then, we sat in the municipal courtroom. I don't know if they still do. No. And um, so, you, you know, the president counsels up at the dais, whatever you call it, where the judge oh, sits. Oh, yeah, the bench. Right? Yep. And then they had the, the seven members of council to either side. Anyway, <coughs> there used to be a button under there. 
and I lost my balance in my chair, and, and my knee hit the button, and instantly the police were there. And um, <laughs> so this was something that typically in a uh, judge uh, um, courtroom setting, if someone was out of order or they suspected something was not going to go smoothly, they could hit that, and then, you know, they would come up. But I simply lost my balance. <laughs> and your knee hit it. And then come the police. Yeah. So, anyway. What, what was the explanation? Well, I didn't even know about the button, frankly. Yeah, how, did you, uh, how did you talk your way out of that one? I, yeah. It's not me. Yeah. I didn't do it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well. Uh, and you had been president of council, hadn't you? Oh, yes, several times. Yeah. And so you were on city council, Dave, from when to when? I have to look that up because those things get fuzzy as the years go by. All right. All right. But um, s- clearly several I had, terms. I had at large several terms and then president several terms. All right. Anyway, um, well, so the National League of of Cities Conference civility. And and so what came out of that concern? You know, well, it it certainly um raised awareness <clears throat> um but it also you know became a place to where it was interesting it, the National League, especially the boards and leadership council or meeting, I should say. You know, it kind of becomes a space where people can kind of unpack things that they're experiencing, you know, both good and bad. And um, so I think more than anything, it became for that particular topic, I think it became um, kind of a supportive effort. But we also had a presser, um, a, a press conference. Oh. <laughs> um, and the press conference one of the things that uh, the executive director, Clarence Anthony, the current president, uh, Vince Williams, who is the mayor of Union City, um, Georgia. Um, and then, you know, there's also opportunity for other uh, people to speak on that press conference. But, you know, it was basically talking a, a little, among other things during that press conference, is just, you know, a reminder for people, you know, to to the, there there's a good there's a healthy way to get your point across and to 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 voice your opinion about things and then there's not so healthy ways to do it so so i suspect that at the conference in kansas city it'll be a bigger topic and hopefully there are deliverables that come out of that you know so nlc is really good at at taking an issue kind of breaking it down and figuring out what are solutions to some of those issues that people are facing to rec- make recommendations to cities to cities correct yeah. and you know the resources that NLC has you know things like um, and because we're still dealing with this right you know uh, insufficient or completely lacking broadband in some you know villages and municipalities so that's always an ongoing topic Infrastructure is always an ongoing topic, and NLC kind of is able to um, provide toolkits, if you will, 
to communities as to how to navigate through the various funding mechanisms under the bipartisan infrastructure bill um, that's going to have all kinds of money for transportation, for road improvements, for water and sewer, for broadband. You know, I can go on and on and on. But, of course. Uh, um, so, so, I mean, NLC is extremely informative, but kind of going back to your initial comment or question, you know, for me, I felt it was important to serve on boards like that um, um, or engage in those different types of meetings because while I'm listening and stealing ideas and bringing them back to Athens, I'm also sharing a lot of the things that we're doing here. One of the big things that we have done, which, you know, at the time, no other community um, in the state of Ohio and none that I'm aware of, uh, you know, someone can fact check it, I'm sure, um, we had a, a ballot initiative in 2018 to ask the citizens to add, you know, two tenths of a cent uh, added to their electric bill, which would generate, um, w which amounts to about a dollar sixty to a dollar eighty extra a month on your electric bill, and the money that's would be generated by this carbon fee. Um, would go towards municipal solar projects, um, solar on municipal buildings, which would... But Athens has been a leader in that for a long time. Oh, curbside um, recycling, you know, that was huge. And it was sorted. Remember that, Dave? But I mean, rem remember the, uh, you know, when they first put in the series of things over the parking spaces at the brand new rec center? 2010. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, I just, uh, there's many things that I'm proud of Athens. Yeah. Um, so doing. there's a conference, yeah. not to interrupt you, but there's, there's, a, no, there's, go a, ahead. there's a conference in Indianapolis next month that I've been asked to be the keynote speaker and speak to the process that we went through in 2018 to have a carbon fee and uh, ballot initiative. To get it on the ballot, um, the citizens voted 76% in favor of having an additional $1.60 to $1.80 attached to their utility bill with the knowledge that that yeah. money could go to projects such as that day, that 2010 project. But at a grander scale, like we're looking at a solar array down at the community center that would generate um, more than two, uh, two million uh, well, two megawatts of energy. And that energy would feed into, you know, two of our top five uh, energy consuming facilities. You know, the number one is the wastewater treatment plant. Mm. Um, number three is the community center. And then during the summer, our seasonal pool uses a heck of a lot of energy as sure. well. Sure. So um, it would allow us to really drive down our AEP you know, electric grid bill, which then, you know, the revenue that we have to appropriate every year to pay those electric bills, we could, it would decrease. So we could use that money elsewhere in the city. So it's a well, good thing. It's a good thing. So I'll be speaking in, in Indianapolis about the efforts going on in the city of Athens to decarbonize. There's a term for you, Dave. Um, you know, continue. Yeah, I wonder how without doing Charleston, West Virginia. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not poking at Charleston, honestly. 
But uh, or a Senate mansion, or yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I hear you. Um, well, you know, well, we'll not go there. It's, 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 we have other topics to do, but we, we made a good point there. <laughs> yes, you did. Yeah. Okay, uh, so it's important to note, of course, folks, that um, some of the um, our public school districts are starting to get underway, and um, I think I even heard of some this week are starting to get a bit active. Uh, and maybe more in earnest next week. Oh, you, you know, the residence halls are starting to um, accept people today. That's right. And um, so this is going to be an interesting weekend where we'll have lots of visitors bringing their kids or, or the kids just arriving anyway on their own. And um, it's, it's an exciting time. I love it. Now, Energy. The energy. energy. There's, we're going to see the two megawatts of energy on Court Street <laughs> and on campus coming at us this weekend. Now, with all of that stuff starting up, um, now it's only logical that the swimming pool is going to change its hours of operation because people are busy during the day and stuff. Well, they're busy during the day. And the other thing, Dave, is that... Our K through 12 is going to be back in the classroom next week as well. I believe uh, for my daughters, they will be there in the intermediate school, which is at the Plains Intermediate, which mm-hmm. is grades four through six. Anyway, they're back on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's the other piece of that equation. They're, they're going back to school. A lot of the lifeguards um, are sure. of, of high school age, and they've got to they've yeah. go back to school. Um so yeah, we're we're having to make some changes um, with these changes down at the pool. And now, has anybody said, "Gee, this summer has been the best summer ever for the pool"? <laughs> I have not heard that directly. Okay, okay. but I. It just seems like um, I I didn't make it there once, but um, over the years I've had a lot to do with the pool and re you know, making it nicer and so on. And then the um, the number of cars parked in that lot throughout this summer has been impressive to yeah, me yeah. relative to my recollection of previous summers. Yeah. So well done, whoever. Yeah, well, Catherine Ann Jordan, um, the director of Arts, Parks, and Rec. You know, she's really... Now, that's the next job I want. Director of Arts, Parks, and Rec? Yeah. Well, uh, you know, I'm going to keep Catherine Ann forever if possible. So. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, then I'll find so, someone. <laughs> yeah, please. But, you know, we're always looking for someone who has, you know, hedge clippers skills, you know. They, they, uh, dust off the ones that are on the magnet in your garage. And, oh. Uh, you know, I can certainly put you to work. Um, <laughs> so the uh you know Catherine Ann really made a, an interesting change early on in the summer with the pool and opened up the splash pad to to be free during mm-hmm. certain days mm-hmm. um you didn't have to have a pool pass so you know from an equitability standpoint you know that was a great move um but if you're good with this, Dave, I'd like to at least get this out on air to where people kind of understand some of the changes that will be going on at the pool with with starting this Sunday with pool hours. Um, the um, the splash pad, the leisure pool, the lap lane pool, the dive well will be open from 12 to 6. Um, Mondays and Wednesdays as we move forward, 
Again, Splash Paddle will be free and open from 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. And then the pool, um, the leisure pool and lap lane only will be open from 3 to 7 p.m. Tuesdays and Thursdays. Again, Splash Pad free from 10 to 3, but then lap lane, um, lap swim only um, will be in effect from 3 to 7 p.m. And then Fridays, lap lane, uh, the leisure pool, lap lane pool, and the dive well will be open from 3 to 7. And then Saturdays, um, we're looking at lap lane only. Lap swimming only from ten to noon. I I lost you about a half. I know, but uh, so uh, let's let's try this. Where, um, is there a place on the city's website where you can go and look at it? There sure is. Okay. You know, go to you know www.ci.athens.oh.us. Mercy. As if they're going to remember that too. Yeah. Go to the city's website. Okay. I mean, everyone can find the city's website. And then Google the pool, Athens, Ohio, and then yeah, and Arts Parks, Arts and Parks and Rec. Parks and Rec it, yeah. It'll be right there. Fair enough. I think that uh, at the pool for people coming in from now until well through the weekend, um, they're also going to be giving flyers, reminders. Here's the schedule moving forward. Put this on your refrigerator so you know what the schedule is going to be. You know, I've got six more topics here, but there's one that I. I probably ought to move up front and um the uptown traffic pattern <laughs> yeah. now um the other day i went to um oh an event at first methodist church and uh whoa suddenly we have uh what do you call it diagonal parking um there on um whatever what's that street college college street um and some people were trying to pull in head first. Some were backing in. Um, some, um, Larry Conrad's big uh, Suburban or whatever he drives, didn't fit. <laughs> <laughs> I, it was too long. I can imagine. Um, anyway. Yeah, let me explain that for yeah. you. Um, so what what is called reverse angle parking or, you know, reverse diagonal parking the, the way it works is much like if you are a parallel, if you're parallel parking on Court Street, there's an open space. There's two cars. There's a car in front and a car in back, but an open space. You pull up alongside the car that's ahead of where the space is that you want to park and you diagonal, you, you, you back in and you maneuver back and forth, jockey, until you're, you're parked in place, right? Yep. yep. Um, diagonal Reverse diagonal so parking is similar. Pull. You you pull ahead and you back into the space. Yeah. The the beauty of that is that when you're leaving that space, the safety issue is that all you have to do is look over your left shoulder to make you know to observe traffic flow in that lane mm -hmm. when it's clear. You just pull straight ahead and you off you go. So it's back in parking. Um, and it's diagonal parking. And, and it seems like you can get more cars in the same space. Well, you... Am I No, am that's I true, because wrong? before it was parallel. Correct. That's correct. Okay. Um, we did... We have 13 spaces. I think the, the parallel parking on both sides of College Street in that, on that block, that's the block between State Street or Mill, really, mm -hmm. and Washington, there was, I believe... 15 or 17 spaces there was there was more um but on the 
east side, which is where that back end diagonal parking is, um, there are now 13 metered spaces along there. So likely what's going to happen now that everything is posted, the meter heads are in, um, the signage is there saying, you know, reverse angle parking or something to that effect or back in something, whatever it says. So you, you shouldn't. You shouldn't pull in head first. Yeah, that's what it's getting Because what you're doing is you're pulling across yeah. traffic and then when you back out. It's, even it's really dangerous. dangerous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so it's a learning process. You know, I kind of reflect back on when we had our first roundabout in the city of Athens on Richland Avenue. And, you know, there was a <laughs> truly there was a lot of confusion. How does this work? People going the wrong way. Uh, people going around and around not knowing how to get back off. Um, well, that was just fun. <laughs> <laughs> I always joked, uh, and I was not on council, I was not a mayor, clearly, uh, when that was deployed. I used to think, you know, I should just go to the center of that thing where it has that stone artwork that mm -hmm. kind of swirls around mm -hmm. and put a lawn chair right in the middle of that thing on the top oh, yeah. and just yeah. watch. Yeah. Um, but that probably would have created a distractive a thing and videotape it, yeah. <laughs> it probably would have led to more accidents. What's that? Uh, so little, I never did it. What's that uh, little park of trees? right caddy corner that aura anderson it's it's in honor of something it's in honor of the reporters oh that's right that were at normandy yeah. no and i'm glad you brought that up uh, i we you and i should do a show where we talk about that um and there was a designated number of trees in that park and they were they're fruit trees from normandy um uh, and I keep looking over there, Dave, and we we are steadily losing those trees. Yes. It's, it's not the number that it was. And the number of those trees represented the number of reporters who... Um, and it's it's not well identified either. There is a stone there. Right. Yeah, there there is mean, a stone with a plaque. Um, this is an international war correspondence um, tribute park. There you go. And, um, golly, I think it was established maybe, I'm going to say 30 years ago. Yeah, I don't know. Um, and our School of Journalism had a lot to do with it. And um, So it was a Scripps School of Journalism. I mean, the, the um, well, I can't think of the dean's name back then, or not dean, but uh, director, but anyway... Um, so different reporters, like um, this may not be a good example, Walter Cronkite, but who served overseas as a war correspondent. Um, John Wilhelm. John Wilhelm, thank you, that is it. Uh, he was not a war correspondent, but he's the one who had the idea. Okay. Well, anyway, um, you know, how many people in Athens even know that exists? Correct. Correct. And it's the Normandy Park, you know, and it has a marker there. And it was established, erected in 1981. Yeah. Uh, and again, by OU. You know, and as I see those, the trees dying, you know, I really want to make a concerted effort to replace those that uh, have died. Sure. Because, again, they, they do represent uh, in cor news correspondents that were over there. Um, and it was uh, the Normandy D-Day landing. It was, mm -hmm. you know, June 6th of 1944. And you're right. I mean, people 
blink and you miss it, you know. And, and there's several things like that, Dave. Down at the south yes. or down at the um, the park at the community center, there is markers laid out in the shape of a star yes. near where the flagpole is that honors veterans as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't think people recognize that either. And you know, we we really need to. Uh, Johnny Appleseed Park. Do you know where that is? Um, don't, don't embarrass me. Scott does. It's on Lancaster Street. Okay. Yeah, it's this this little triangular park, and it has a marker there. Right um, mound and Lancaster Street. Yeah. You know, we're talking about so many interesting <laughs> things, but there's a few things we really ought to hit before we have to wait a month to see you. All right. Let's hit it. So uh, we talked about the... The uh, what do you call it? The parking. What do you call that? Oh, diagonal, diagonal. Re- reverse angle parking. Okay. But the uptown traffic patterns that are being considered again. Um, tell us about what you think is a good idea. Well, <laughs> and I don't mean what, to what put it on idea. you. That well, that was unfair of you. Here, it's okay. Um, so we ha- we were awarded a um, transportation alternatives program grant from ODOT, and it will be a, it's a grant that will allow us to kind of give a overhaul slash facelift to Washington Street between Congress and College, and State Street between Congress and College, uh, as well as that short block of mill that goes you know it's just on the east side so mm. anyway so mill east state street uh state street and washington street will um get an overhaul to where it looks like west union does um, when we did the west union project after the fire uh, and so with that we're also going to do a study it's within the comprehensive plan that all the citizens well, the citizens who wanted to to partake in uh, the development of the new comprehensive plan, the Vision 2040, that we were going to look at traffic flow in the uptown area um, and see if there's changes that that can, uh, well, of course they can, or need to be made. And um, So this might include changing things that currently are one way to two ways? It could. I mean, again, that'll be part of the study process. Okay. Um, and it, it, you know, may reflect changes that are needed. It may not. Um, so we're going to look at it. You know, th- so let me give a little bit of background on Court Street. And I give a lot of credit to my deputy service safety director, Andrew Chickie. He uh, took a deep dive back in 1960 or up until 1960. Court Street and Congress Street, um, they were two-way streets. Yes. The issue was... Um, that there was a lot of congestion in the uptown area. You know, it was, people were coming back, um, certainly after the Korean conflict. Uh, World War II had ended, you know, decades earlier. Um, But, you know, there's a a lot of traffic that was coming in because I think people don't realize 33 was Court Street. 50 came in, you know, into the uptown area, it came up Stimson Avenue, was 50, and then it came up Congress, uh, not Congress, up uh, Carpenter Street. Um, 56 came all the way into the city center. There was no bypass around Athens, so everything came into the center. So there was a lot of congestion. So they turned everything one way. 
they also redesignated streets in the uptown area as Route 33, you know, or US 33, Route 56, so on and so forth. So, um, so it was changed back then, and then you know, in the late '60s, early '70s, the the 33 bypass came in, which is 33, 32, 50, all kind of con converge and then diverge from there. So um, that offloaded the congestion in the downtown area, uptown, and uh, so you know we're just going to we're we're going to study it. It's not going to happen for a year or so that we start looking at it, but mm -hmm. who knows? You know, um, I'm hearing from people from both sides, like you know, why the heck would you want to do that versus, you know, why I, not? I, you know, I, I haven't looked into it in it uh, to any degree. But I like it the way it is. But uh, I might need to know more. And then I would change my mind. Um, we are really short on time. Um, I guess next month when we get together, and folks, it's uh, typically on the third Thursday of each month, right? right that uh, That's Steve correct. comes by. But next month we'll talk about the block party, which, uh, you know, Halloween we're famous for. And I always think that's kind of a cool thing. I know there's some people that shake their head, but um, I think that's neat. Uh, what what have we failed to bring out that we got a whopping um, 30 seconds? 30 seconds. Uh, nothing, Dave. Um, you know, I think we hit a whole lot of topics, and uh, it's always such a – I enjoy coming on your show, just FYI. Um, and I certainly enjoy it when callers call in, so hopefully the next time they – Well, I didn't even uh, offer them today. I'm, that's my fault. Oh, Dave. I should have made that to clearer. Um, okay, you remind me next time. I will do that. Okay. I will do that. Well, listen, um, keep up the good work. Well, thanks. And Scott and you, keep doing the things you guys are doing because you guys are uh, you're awesome. You're getting in eh, information Scott's out okay. on the airwaves. <laughs> in our 72nd year of serving Southeast Ohio, AM 970 and 97.1 FM. WATH CBS News on the Hour, presented by Indeed.com. I'm Deborah Rodriguez in New York. The head of the CDC is promising to restore the public's trust, not just on COVID response, but monkeypox, too. Coordinator Bob Fenton's just announced the federal government will be doing more to get vaccines to the LGBTQ community. HHS is launching a pilot program that will provide up to 50,000 doses from the national stockpile to be made available for Pride and other events that will have high attendance of gay and bisexual men. There are 13,500 monkeypox cases in the U.S. to date. Former President Trump's business associate, Alan Weisselberg, has just arrived at court in New York, where he's expected to enter a plea on 15 counts of fraud and tax evasion. Legal contributor Ricky Kleeman. What we've learned is that Alan Weisselberg intends to plead guilty and serve